Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to look at when to speak and when to be silent. And I know this is a question that so many women struggle with. I know I get a lot of emails and questions about, okay, do I confront the sin that I see in this person? Am I just silent about it? What should I share online? What shouldn't I share online? And if you tuned in to our last episode, we were talking about guarding our walk with Christ and meeting him in that secret place and not really just sharing anything and everything that we may be going through or that God may be doing in our lives with the entire world. But it's so important to know when to speak and when to be silent. This doesn't mean we always are silent about everything and we never share anything with anyone. That's, of course, not God's pattern either. But we were talking about returning to that secret place of guarding certain things and keeping certain things sacred and private between us and the Lord. So what does that look like practically? Well, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3.7 tells us that there is a time to keep silent and a time to speak. In order to guard that secret place in our relationship with Christ, we need to know what to share with others and what to keep between ourselves and Christ alone. I'd like to share with you two practical principles that have been really helpful for me when it comes to when I should speak and when I should keep silent. The first one is knowing what to do with offenses and hurts and the sins of other people. Well, Amy Carmichael once wrote about a man who wrestled with this question. He said, when should I speak and when should I be silent regarding personal grievance and sin in others' lives? And the answer was his father caused him to understand that when the wrong done was personal, his lips must be silent and he must see to it that in the hidden man of the heart, there was always the gentleness of Christ. But when the good of others required it, then he must speak even as Paul did when he wrote of some whose influence was hindering others. Then that man took for a law these words, silence unless the reason for speech will bear the searchlight of eternity. And I love that because it just makes it so clear when it's for the sake of another person and for the rescue of their soul or the protection of someone, then we need to speak up. But when it is just like a personal offense, someone said something we didn't like, they did something we didn't like, to take that just to the Lord and to forgive in our heart and to not constantly be bringing up the faults of others and really trust those things to God. Now that can feel nearly impossible when we feel the sting of personal offense. It's so much more satisfying to vent our hurts to a girlfriend or pour out our frustrations on social media. So I definitely understand that adopting that code of silence unless the reason for speech will bear the searchlight of eternity, that's not very easy to do. But this is exactly why we are told in scripture to cast all our care upon him because he cares for us. That's in 1 Peter. He's waiting for us to take our hurts and our sorrows to him, waiting to restore us, to comfort us, to give us the grace to love and forgive those who hurt us. When we push God away and we just run to other people, we might find temporary human comfort, but we're going to miss out on that supernatural peace that he wants to give us when we meet him in that secret place, when we take our hurts and our sorrows to him and lay them at his feet. Now, the same is really true for seeing sin in someone else's life. It's so tempting to want to talk to someone else about the failures that we've observed in other people, which all too quickly just becomes nothing more than spiritualized gossip and slander. Do we really trust that when we take our burden for another person to God in prayer, he is mighty to save? Scripture promises that if we take our burdens for other people's sin to God, he will be faithful to save that person. And do we trust 
trust that the other person can be one without a word by our good conduct in Christ, as it says in scripture. When we adopt the code of entrusting our offenses to God alone, unless we must speak out for the sake of another soul or for our own safety or the safety of another person, like in the case of abuse, we will find that there is such a joy and comfort deeper than the temporary satisfaction of venting our feelings with others. As it says in Proverbs 29, 11, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Trusting God with personal offenses and going to God when we see sin in others' lives requires supernatural grace, but it is a grace that he is more than willing to give if we simply ask him. Now, if you feel that speaking up and confronting sin in someone's life is what he's leading you to do for the sake of that person's soul or for the protection of someone that they're influencing in a negative way, then really trust God for the timing and really ask him to open the door and set at the stage for you to speak into that person's life. And one of the things that I have found that when you lay the foundation with prayer ahead of time, when you wrestle in prayer for that person's soul and that their heart would be softened and ready for the truth, it is so amazing how God can prepare uh, and plant the seeds ahead of time in that person's heart so that you can just simply step in and water those seeds that were already planted by the Spirit of God. And so really, really walk in cooperation with the Spirit of God, be led by Him and yielded by Him, and be very humble as you approach other people if you need to confront them over offenses and sin. Be very gracious and very humble because as we've said many times on this podcast, in James it says, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So if we come in there with our own fleshly anger, we're only going to cause more harm than good. Now, the second principle applies to the public sharing of spiritual truth. This is another question that a lot of women struggle with. If you have a blog, if you have a, a social media presence of any kind, there's that question of, you know, what should I share with my followers, with my family, with my friends? And it's easy to assume that when spiritual things are being publicly shared, it's always healthy and good. Because, you know, sharing personal life lessons or spiritual truth in a public platform is a lot better than sharing. Hollywood gossip and cultural fads. But the pitfall here is that sometimes in our eagerness to share our spiritual insights and our experiences with other people, we sometimes can fail to protect the intimacy of our walk with Christ. There are things that God may be doing in our lives. There may be spiritual lessons we're learning, truths that we're pondering at a whole new level, sin that we're being convicted of. But this does not necessarily mean all of these things should immediately be shared with the world. Like we said in the last episode, there could be a season, as Mary did, that there is a time to keep all these things and ponder them in our heart. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus exhorts us to maintain privacy in our personal prayer life. This is where the concept of a prayer closet even comes from. Nowhere in scripture are we told to publicly share about all of our spiritual walk and let everybody know every detail about God's private dealings within our soul. Not only does too much public sharing disrupt our intimacy with Christ, there is also another danger to it. It's very easy to pass along spiritual truth to others before it is fully matured in our own lives, which can actually become a hindrance to those who are reading what we posted or listening to us. Sometimes what we may consider verbal processing of new concepts or ideas, other people can take as gospel truth and begin to apply to their own lives. 
Now, there's a time and a place to share what God has taught us or truths that have impacted our lives, for sure. But I believe that spiritual truths should be shared in a public platform only after God has established them in our own lives and not right as we're just thinking about them for the very first time. And I've seen a lot of women do this on their blog or their Facebook page right as the thought comes into their mind or right as some new concept from scripture or a new spiritual truth crosses their mind, they immediately begin blogging about it and thinking about it uh, publicly, as opposed to letting God really work that truth deeply within their own life so that they can share from their personal experience and God's faithfulness in working that truth in their own life, rather than just the thoughts right as they're coming. We also need to examine our motives for sharing personal life lessons with other people. Are we trying to impress other people with our profound ideas and spiritual depth? Or are we really trying to encourage them and point them towards Jesus Christ? I would encourage you to ask yourself the question, would I be fine sharing these things even if nobody ever knew my name and I never got any credit for them? And if the answer is no, that could be a sign that our motives for sharing are not quite as God-honoring as they should be. So if you have any kind of a public platform, social media presence in which you share spiritual truth or personal life experiences with other people, take some time to prayerfully consider what you should share and when you should share it. Now, this doesn't mean you should never share your own challenges or failures or struggles. It's so important to remain humble and human with your fellow believers rather than trying to put on a false front of perfection. But be extremely purposeful about protecting your own intimacy with Christ as you do. Keep your prayer closet with him sacred and private. When he leads you to share spiritual life lessons, be sure that you're doing that for the sake of another person's soul and not merely because you're just jumping on that share everything bandwagon that is so popular today. God's word reminds us that in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Now, being open and raw and real and honest is often seen as the ultimate form of spirituality in a lot of Christian circles today. But according to scripture, there's a right way and a wrong way to be real and authentic and open with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Privately sharing struggles with a trusted godly mentor or a prayer partner or a spiritual authority can be healthy and good, but publicly venting them and without any guardedness or discretion can be very dangerous. Even if we're not spewing negative emotions online, some of us have developed the habit of just sharing too much information, making things public that should be kept private. And in Proverbs 11:22, we see a jarring picture of a woman who shares everything with everyone. As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. That's such an awful concept, an awful picture, but God really puts a high value on discretion. Just as we've been talking about last episode in this episode, Mary was the opposite of a woman lacking in discretion. She excelled in discretion. And the bottom line is really this. If you're looking for a place to pour out your heart. Don't turn to social media or blogging as your main outlet for doing that. Your first turn should be to God, as it says in Psalm 62, 8, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And then if additional support is needed, find trusted godly people that you can meet with privately to process through your struggles. Venting your emotions online is, is sometimes like turning your diary inside out for the world to see. It's not just authenticity that God praises, but also discretion. And we can't separate those two, 
especially when it comes to digital communication. And if you're in doubt about what to share, silence is usually the best course of action. If you're looking for the right way to be open and honest, a great example in scripture is the parable that Jesus told of the two people who went to pray in the temple, and one was a Pharisee, and he was really putting on a show. Everything he was praying, he was doing loudly and openly so that everybody could see and be impressed with his spirituality. And then there was a I think it was a tax collector, someone who was obviously a sinner and he was wanting to be alone with God. He wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven and he was just really, really broken and repentant, very honest, very open with his struggles, but taking those things to God and being very very open with God about how much he needed a savior. Another great example in scripture is the woman who washed Jesus' feet with her hair, coming to him in complete brokenness, saying, Lord, I have nothing. I can give nothing. I I choose to be uh, fully yielded at your feet. And that's really what true openness and honesty looks like. It's openness and honesty with God, not trying to hide or hold back when we come to Jesus, fully surrendering everything to him. And then if he leads us to share something with other people, let that be led by God's spirit and not just because we feel this need to share everything with everyone. Corrie ten Boom has a great example in her book, Tramp for the Lord, when she was led to confess some sinful thoughts and actions to an entire congregation that had really uh, put her up on a pedestal. And she was so humble about just really being honest that she was still a work in progress, that God was still dealing with her on different things. And it was just such an incredible example of, of really openness and authenticity, and yet not staying in that place of like, I'm just sharing my struggles just for the sake of sharing them, but sharing them with a sense of hope that God is working this in my life, and he's not going to leave me in this state, and he can do the same in your life. And that's really a great way to approach this area of your life. When we talk about sinful things that we've struggled with, it is really important to know the time and the place in which to do that. And if God does lead you to, to confess uh, things that you're struggling with or things that that he's convicting you of to people in the body of Christ, it's so important to do that without leaving out the power and the hope of the gospel to change and refine us. I think sometimes in some circles, just this idea of confession and brokenness and yeah, I'm a mess, let's just admit that, is spiritualized, but we leave out the hope and the power of Jesus Christ to say, you know, God is so powerful when we confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So be careful as you're being led to confess your sin to others that you are not leaving out the power of the gospel. It's not just confession of sin. It's also the power of God to change you and make you new. So here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you about when to speak and when to be silent. I would encourage you to go to the word of God and really look at the examples in scripture of those who were encouraged to keep things private between themselves and the Lord. And really the times that Jesus exhorted people to to not speak and to hold back and when things were were shared publicly. And just look at the pattern in scripture. Look at the way um, Jesus even lived his own earthly life, how he went to meet the Father alone early in the morning. And certain things were just between himself and the Father. And then 
other things he shared with his disciples and other things he shared with the multitudes and ask him to really show you how those patterns apply to every area of your life practically. And if you bring this area of your life to God and say, Lord, I want my tongue and the words that I speak and the words that I post online to be totally honoring to you, he will be faithful to lead you in when to speak and when to be silent. Remember, it is such a beautiful privilege to keep things sacred and private between you and the Lord. When you share everything with the world, you'll miss out on that tremendous gift of intimacy with your king. Keeping things private between you and Christ is also a statement of faith. When you have specific needs in your life that you can't share or you don't feel called to share with others, you're actually putting your faith and trust in him alone. He alone knows your need and he alone will show himself so faithful to you in that secret place. And I'd like to finish with Psalm 25, 14 is such a beautiful scripture. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more about drawing near to God and building your life around intimacy with Christ, please visit our website, setapartgirl.com for more resources. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.